So we're going to go ahead and jump on into our new series. We, we started it last week. Last week was kind of our introduction um, to it. And now we're going to kind of jump into it a little bit more in depth. But the title of the series is Tough as Nails. And uh, really where this, this message in this series really came from was about a month or two months ago. I was really talking with some people and, and it was just amazing. It was just and they weren't complaining, they weren't whining, it was nothing like that. But it was just hearing some of their stories and some of those tough seasons that they were in. And I was just, my heart really broke. I was just sitting there going, my goodness. You know, it was just one after another after another. And, and I kind of was like, God, God, what do we need to do? How can we get through these things? And, and really what he kind of spoke to my heart was this concept that, that really we are all going to go through hard times. We're all going to go through seasons that are difficult and hard. Jesus actually promised that. But he also promised that he'd be with us. And the great thing about this is knowing that Jesus is our example. He's shown us. And I really believe this. Jesus was tough as nails. And because he was tough as nails, we can be. Jesus told us, listen, you're going to do greater things than I did. And we can do this because Jesus has shown us. And so what we're going to be doing over the course of this series is looking at some of Jesus' attributes, looking at some of the things that Jesus did and was to make him tough as nails, to get through these things, because we know if we can model that, if we can follow his example, then we can do that too. But really, you've got to remember this, and we talked about this at length last week, so if you weren't here, maybe jump online and, and listen to it so you kind of have an idea of where we're going. But, but I want you to get this, I want you to understand this, this and it's this it's in your notes i know that no matter how hard it gets if you have jesus you're tough enough okay i want this to be an encouraging series if you have jesus you can get through anything you are facing any problem any situation any circumstance with jesus we can do this i believe in you i believe in us and i know that that's the case so again, as we kind of get into this series, every week we're going to look at a different attribute that Jesus shows us that we can model and kind of expand on, all right? So before we jump in to the, the real meat of the message, let me pray. Father, we love you and we thank you again for this time. And Father, I pray that you would just speak through me in this moment. My words are just not enough. I mean, they're, they're just not what changes lives. And God, that's what you want to do. You want to mold us and form us and shape us, and your words do that. So God, I pray that mine would cease and yours would begin. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about that phrase, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Every week we're going to look at that kind of concept, and so you'll kind of follow along and kind of get it as we go, but the first thing we're going to be looking at this week, the first thing I want to focus in on in this series is this, when the going gets tough, the tough learn to stand. The tough learn to stand. I don't know if you knew this, but a lot of times in scripture, the idea of standing is, is an example and a symbol of great faith. It's a symbol of being able to stand against whatever may come. We're going to look at that in just a second, but here's the thing. Jesus stood all through his ministry and all through his life. I, I, I could give you countless examples. I'm kind of, kind of narrowing it down to just a couple here. And I didn't give you scripture references because these are stories that we all pretty much know. And I didn't want to make our notes so long. But I remember when Jesus is tempted and the enemy comes against him. And he says, hey, do this and, and, and jump off this and turn these stones into bread. And Jesus stands firm against the enemy. 
I love the fact that in those moments, Jesus doesn't just say, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that. He quotes scripture to to the enemy. He says, no, this is what God's word says. This is what I'm going to stand on. I'm not going to allow myself to fall in this moment. So he stood up to the enemy. He stood up to the religious leaders of the day. Those guys that quite honestly should have known better. And Jesus said, no, 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 you're missing it. No, no, you don't understand. And here's the thing we have to remember about this. And we talked about this before. Jesus didn't do that just to be to be right. Jesus did that out of love for them. He loved them enough to show to say, listen, these are areas that we need to change. These are areas that you are misunderstanding. So he stood up to them. I love the fact that he stood up to his disciples. Remember the story of the children? And all the parents are like, let, let Jesus, can, can Jesus see the kids? And the kids start coming. And, and they start shooing the kids away. And what's Jesus' response? He says, no, don't, do, no, no, don't let the, don't hinder the kids. Let the kids come to me. There's even an episode where Peter really isn't thinking straight. And he really doesn't understand. And Jesus stands up to Peter and literally says, get behind me, Satan. He stood up. He stood up at the very end as he's questioned by Pilate. He stands there and he's questioned and sometimes he's silent and other times when Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? Are you basically the Messiah? And Jesus says, absolutely. He stands up. Then he goes through the beatings and the scourging and he carries his own cross. And he's standing up for us today. You see, what's interesting is as we look and we see all these ideas, Jesus was a man of God, obviously, that stood up for these things. He didn't cower. He didn't, he didn't let the situations or the circumstances keep him from doing what he knew his father was asking him to do. He stood and he did that. Look at Revelation 3.20. I love this picture, and I love the idea that we see here. Look what, this, what it says. This is Jesus speaking here. It says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and I love this translation, and we will share a meal together as friends. I love that. I remember as a kid seeing a picture of, of this concept of Jesus, and it was kind of an older picture, and Jesus is kind of glowing in the white, you know, and all that sort of stuff, and he's kind of sitting there by the door, and, and he's kind of doing this little knocking thing, but he's standing. He's ready to, to come in and have relationship with you and me. He stands. And here's the thing, because Jesus stood, we can stand. Because he showed us how to do that, we can do that. Because scripture has commanded us to do that. But here's the thing, and we need to look at this really quickly. First of all, God calls us to stand up for some things. Okay, God calls us to stand up for some things. What are some things that God calls us to stand up for? Okay, listen, real simple. Holiness, righteousness. God calls us to stand up for, for, for our marriages and for our families, for God's word. God does call us to stand up for some things. That's the easy part, to be honest with you, to an extent, to understand that concept. But also, God calls us to stand up to some things. God calls us to stand up for some things, and God calls us to stand up to some things. And this, unfortunately, I believe is where we get it a little mixed up. Because in this idea, we tend to stand up to people 
and not stand up to the enemy behind the people. We tend to have that type of attitude. We've seen it over and over, unfortunately, all over the the idea of our culture, where basically when we talk about the church or people talk about the church, they talk about, oh, I know what the church is against, but I don't always know what the church is for. We sometimes have a good idea of doing that. And listen, I believe we need to stand up for both. I think people need to understand that we stand up for God's word, that we stand up for marriages, that we stand up for family, we stand up for the church, we stand up for Jesus. But also, we need to understand who we're standing up to, and it's the enemy. Scripture tells us that we don't wrestle wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against an enemy that is here to kill, steal, and destroy. This is important that we understand this. Look at Luke 1. I think this is a great scripture. Luke 1, 74 through 75, it says this, We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. Standing up to things, that enemy that is here to kill, steal, and destroy, but also to understand that we need to stand up for righteousness. We need to stand up for holiness. Listen, I know this isn't popular, and I know that you know that I'm not always interested in saying what's popular, but there is a right and there is a wrong. There is black and there is white, and God's word tells us, and we need to stand up for it. I totally agree that there's some gray areas, and we need discernment from the Holy Spirit to discern the difference between a gray area and a black and white area. But when we understand those black and white areas, we need to stand up for them and against the enemy who is trying to destroy them, trying to get us to understand that. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 16. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says this, be on guard. Now, stop there for a second. Why do we need to be on guard? Why would someone need to be on guard? I remember as, as, a, as a kid um, growing up on, on, on basically, um, during the summer, we, had, we didn't have cable, and so we would watch this, this station, you know, as we had the NBC, ABC, CBS stations, but we also had like the local station that would show um, basically the old, old like I Love Lucy's, you know what I mean, and the Munsters, and my favorite, and still is, was the Andy Griffith show. And I always loved that because I always loved Barney. I loved Barney when he would come out and the music would start, you know, it was real, you know, and he would, but he would be on guard. I remember one episode in particular where he was just appalled because the bank wasn't being guarded well. Asa is this older gentleman and, and he, he, when he, when he pulled his gun out, the, the gun fell apart and Barney was just, oh, I can't believe, why, you're not on guard because he was scared to death someone was going to rob the bank. Well, of course. Not to ruin the episode, but eventually someone does, and so on and so forth. But here's the thing. To them, to the people in the bank, they didn't have to be on guard. There was no danger. They lived in Mayberry. Nobody would rob the Mayberry Bank. But Barney, with all his faults, did have one thing that he probably was doing right, and that is Barney was on guard. Barney understood that in that world, even though it seemed safe, even though it seemed okay, there were dangers around, there were people around that were going to do things. And so we need to understand that. Listen, here's the thing I've understood about being on guard, is you typically don't see people on guard that are sitting down, do you? I don't know much about things, but I, when I've seen, you know, shows or, or movies and the military's in it or policemen or, you know, what do I see? They're, they're on guard. They're not sitting. They're standing. Unfortunately, some of us, we think we can be on guard sitting down. 
We think that we can be relaxed. But 1 Corinthians says, no, you can't. You need to be on guard. Remember, there's an enemy that is out there to kill, steal, and destroy. So let's continue. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. You see, God has called us to stand. You were not created in a spiritual sense to sit down. You were called to stand up and to stand out. But the problem is, is this world and this culture will do everything it can do to try to get you to sit down and, and basically to be quiet. That's what they'll do. They'll try to hush you. They'll try to get you to sit down. And God doesn't call us to do that. God calls us to be tough as nails and to stand up for what God has called us to stand up for. But it's not easy. It's so much easier to sit down. I remember several years ago, I saw an article in, I think it was U.S. News and World Report. It doesn't matter where I actually saw the article. But basically, the, the whole premise of the article was that basically Americans today are actually killing themselves. You know how? By seating, by being seated, by sitting. We sit too much. Basically, they said if you sit a certain amount of time, the chances of you dying young were, were much greater. Now, of course, all of you are sitting right now. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to tell people this, and other people are going to be like, well, should we stand? And Listen, you stood during worship, we're good, okay? But we're sitting ourselves to death. I, I, it's always interesting, and, 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 you know, we come into, we get up in the morning, and, and, and what do we do? We maybe go have some breakfast, and what do we do? We go sit down at the table, and we eat our breakfast, and then we get up, and then we go get into our car, and we sit down, and we drive to work. Then we get out of the car, and then we walk down to the office, or wherever, the school, or whatever we're teaching, or doing whatever, and then we, we sit down. And then we'll sit there and we'll sit. And then it'll be this and then we'll sit and then we'll sit. We sit a lot of the day. But it's interesting that in some ways we weren't created to sit. Now sitting's not wrong. We get tired. I'm not saying that. But in a spiritual sense, we need to understand something. God has called us to stand. God has asked us to stand. This is what God has wanted for us and what desires for our lives to be people that stand up for what's right and what's good and what's true, what's noble, all those things. So this morning what I want to look at is I want to look at three things that standing declares. Three things that standing declares. And I know that there's more, there's more options or other ones that we can talk about, but I want to narrow it down to three that I feel like God's laid on my heart. So three things that standing declares. Number one, standing is a declaration of respect and honor. It's a declaration of respect and honor. Listen, I just told you before we started, I'm going to be doing a wedding here this week. Okay? And one of the things I will say at the wedding is after the groom comes in and the bridesmaids come in and the parents come in. Now, all those people are important, okay? You can't have a wedding without a groom. I'm going to admit that, okay? It's pretty difficult to do that. And it's great that mom and dad are there and it's great grandparents are there. All And the bride's part, the party, all that's great. But you know what? I'm going to say these words. All rise. And you know when I'm going to say it? When the bride comes walking down the aisle. Why? Why do we do that? Why do, we, why do I say all right? Why do we all stand up? It's a sign of respect and honor. It is a moment where we, as, as a group of individuals, stand and honor that individual. 
when I was, when I'll watch baseball on TV, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, but basically uh, where a player, if he does something really, really well, maybe he hits a home run or, or sets a record or all these things, and he'll run back to the dugout. And what do the people do? They stand up and they give him a standing ovation, and they'll keep clapping until he basically comes out of the dugout and basically tips his cap. What is that? What are the people doing? They're honoring him. They're, they're sitting there going, man, what you have done is amazing. When we stand, we're honoring. When we stand, we're honoring others and we're honoring, more importantly, we're honoring our God. One of the reasons why it's important that we stand is because we show those things to individuals. Those people can feel those things. They understand those things. And it's important that we get that. There's a story in Acts 7 that we're going to look at. Now, before we get into it, I want to give you a little bit of ballpark. At this point, obviously, Jesus has died. He's raised again. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. And in Acts 7, there's a young man named Stephen. And Stephen is full of God and full of the Holy Spirit, and, and God is doing some great things in his life. And to make a long story short, Stephen stands up for Jesus. He stands up to the religious leaders of the day. He calls a spade a spade. He basically is just, here you go. I mean, and he gives it to him in a way that is not mean, but is literally a way that's saying, listen, you are standing for the wrong things. You're not rising for what you need to rise for. You're not showing respect for what God has really done for me and for you. And he really calls these guys out. And basically, we're going to pick up the story in Acts 7, 54. And this is what it says. As he's spoken to them, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations. And they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Stephen ends up being the very first martyr. You know, I was, I was studying this, I was looking at this, and, and listen, kind of a weird thing to say, but I knew Stephen was the first martyr, but it was like as I was studying this, I also realized, and, and maybe this was just silly of me to not understand this, but you realize that Stephen was the first person to die for his faith, basically after Jesus. He was, he was number one. I know that seems simple, but, and, and when I say he was the first martyr, I, I, martyr, I should have understood that, but it just kind of didn't click in my heart. But he was, after Jesus, he was basically the next guy. And they begin to pummel him with stones and, and end up killing him. Killing him. Now, here's what's interesting about this portion of Scripture. There is some, 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 some people that, that look at this and they go, okay, wait a minute. There, there, there's some, some problems here. Because in this Scripture, Stephen looks and sees Jesus in heaven. He basically has a vision and Jesus is standing in heaven, right? Jesus is standing. He's standing in a place where? A place of honor. So Jesus is standing. But the issue we have is in Matthew 26 and Colossians 3, we're told that Jesus isn't standing, that Jesus is sitting. Now, have we just discovered one of the great 
um, supposed that I always hear about contradictions in the Bible. Because in this instance, we see Jesus standing, but in others, we see Jesus sitting. Well, let me tell you what I believe. Let me tell you what I believe that, that, that we're seeing here. You remember we talked about that idea of all rise? You remember we talked about that idea of, of the ball player doing something great and doing that? How about this? You, you, ever, you ever seen somebody and they perform something or they sing or they play an instrument and it's so good? What do people do? Do they do this? Do they golf clap it? What do they do? They give them a standing ovation. They stand. Here's what I believe happened. See, Jesus knows what's coming. Jesus knows that Stephen is not going to make it out. Jesus knows that this man is standing for him. He's the first one that's willing to say, I will lay down my life for you, Jesus. And I believe as Jesus is watching this take place, I believe he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. But as he is getting ready, as Stephen is getting very, very close from transferring from, from this life, to eternity, I think Jesus stands. And I believe Jesus welcomes Stephen with a standing ovation. Listen, I want my life, I want your life to be a life that when it's over, when we go from this place into eternity, that our Jesus is standing to welcome us home. That he's saying, you know what, I will honor you. I will respect you. You have stood up for me. Look what it says in Matthew 10, 32. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. I think it was a situation, we see this also in Job almost, this concept that Jesus is sitting there and he's standing and he's looking at his father and he's saying, that's my son, that's my boy, look at him, I'll stand up and I'll clap for him because he's standing for me, father, and if I, he stood for me, I will stand for him now. And I believe that's what we see. So I believe even in that moment that, that we desire to stand to honor Jesus, that Jesus still stands to honor Stephen and us. So standing is a declaration of respect and honor. Number two, standing is a declaration of defiance. It's a declaration of defiance. In Daniel 3, there's a, there's a story that most of us know pretty well. And it's, it's a great story. It's, it's a story that most of us have seen on a flannel board or maybe in a Veggie Tales. And it's this concept of these three Jewish guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in this story, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he builds this golden statue. You see, at this point, Israel has been conquered by Babylon. And some of the men and women have been taken into captivity. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel are some of those guys that got taken away. And Nebuchadnezzar makes this statue. And he basically says, listen, when the music plays, when you hear the song of the king, you bow down and you worship. You worship this, this just idol. And so guess what happens? The music plays, everybody bows, and three guys stand up and say, nope, not going to kneel, not going to go down. You see, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, I believe this culture has some music that they're playing right now. And there's a lot of people that will bow down to that music. And God says, no, no. You need to stand for me. Look at, look at, we'll continue the story. Look at Daniel 3. In Daniel 3, 15 through 18. So these guys are brought before King Nebuchadnezzar. 
They're brought before him, and this is what he says. He says, listen, because he hears about that they won't bow. He says, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And listen, this is something else. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? What God will be able to do that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into that blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. And then verse 17, or 18, but even if he doesn't, you want to talk about standing. You want to talk about standing when it's going to cost you something. Listen to what they say. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. That took some guts, folks. Listen, we've read this story. We know this story. Some of us learned this story with a, with a, with a chocolate bunny thing. You remember? This took some guts. This, listen, it's easy to stand when everybody else is standing, but when you're the only one that's willing to stand up for what's right and what's true, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to, oh, yes, this is an easy thing. Standing is hard. Sitting is easy. You don't get nearly as tired sitting as you do standing. But look, they said, it doesn't matter what it costs us. We will never do that. We will never bow so let's continue. So basically what happens? They're thrown in the furnace. Daniel 3, 24. After they're thrown in, but suddenly, I love this, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Can I just be honest with you? Listen, hear me. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to feel like you have been literally thrown into a furnace. It is going to be hot. It is going to be intense. It is going to be difficult. But here's the great thing. Listen, what are they doing? What does Scripture tell us that they're doing? The Scripture doesn't say, and they all sat down with Jesus. What are they doing? They're walking around. They're moving around. Listen, sometimes, listen, hear me. Sometimes God will do this amazing thing and he'll rescue you before you ever get thrown into the furnace. And other times God will say, don't worry, you're going to go in the furnace, but you'll walk around in it with me with you. Some of the greatest moments of my life, some of the most refining moments of my life, some of those moments that were so difficult but I wouldn't trade for anything are those moments where I went through the fire and I knew that even though it was hot, even though it wasn't fun, that Jesus was right there with me. You see, if you will stand for Jesus, he'll stand with you. It's as simple as that. And that's exactly what happened. So they're literally walking around in this furnace. Let's finish the story, Daniel 3.28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, after they bring him out, says, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defiled the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own.
Sometimes standing is a symbol of defiance. It's a symbol that says, you know what, world? You know what, enemy? It doesn't matter what music you play. I'm not going to bow to it. I'm not going to allow myself to bow to that. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand out. I'm not going to be afraid of what the consequences might be. You see, a lot of us won't stand because we don't like the consequences, because we don't like what may come. We're not willing to pay the price for standing. And so we sit and we shrink away when God has called us in this time to be a light in a very dark place. Number three, the last one. Standing is a declaration of perseverance. Standing is a declaration of perseverance. Listen, this is real simple. Why are you seated right now? Because for, for a lot of us, standing, you get tired. I'm not going to act like standing doesn't get you tired. You're going to get tired. You stand long enough, you're going to get tired. You know, it's interesting that you've been to um, the store, or I know that they have these for, for kitchens nowadays, where you have these, and I don't know what they're called exactly, but they're like squishy mats. Have you seen these? And so for people that are on their feet all day, like my wife is, does hair, and so right around her chair is this black thingabob that looks like a half a C. And it's squishy. And you can stand on it. And it's like, oh, you know, it, it kind of makes it easier to stand. Easton has started uh, with, with a summer program. He's running track. And so he, we, we take him to the track. And, and, and I asked him, you know, on Friday after I picked him up, I said, did you have a good time? He said, he said yeah. And they're running around on the track. And I said, is, is the track squishy? And he said, yeah. It's not like concrete. You know, you've been on a track. It's kind of got that little bit of bounce to it. Why? Because, because it's well, hard work to stand. You get tired standing there. Why do you usually eventually sit? Because you're tired. But when we stand, we are standing up. We are showing perseverance. We're saying, I will continue to work. I will continue to grow. I will continue to allow God to do in my heart what he wants to do. And it's a sign of being able to get back up. Look at Proverbs 24, 16. This is what it says. The godly may trip seven times, but, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Listen, in this life, you're going to have troubles. In this life, you're going to have moments and you are going to fall down. You are going to have moments where you do things that you wish you hadn't. You're going to do things and you're going to go, oh, why did I do that? Paul, the, one of the greatest men of God that's ever lived, said, I keep sinning. I don't want to sin, but I keep doing it. We're going to fall. We're going to mess up. God doesn't save you and make you perfect. There's a transformation. There's a, ref, there's a, there's a, a restoration that's taking place in us. The issue here is will you get back up? Will you get back up? Listen, I want to talk about something that I literally just saw this week. A lot of you know this. Some of you have been able to join us. We've been watching the Chosen series here. And listen, anytime, let's be honest, anytime you put out something like that about Jesus' life, you're going to have some people that really, really like it and some people that basically nitpick it a lot, you know, because they have this view of, of, of these ideas and these things, okay? And the director literally had to get on YouTube just this week. I think, it, I think I saw it like on Thursday or Friday. 
and deal with the situation. And I don't want to give it all away because eventually my plan is to see it, but it's in season two, so we got some time. But basically, there is a moment where someone, I won't say who, follower of Jesus, stumbles. Don't, they don't do it perfectly. Now, what's interesting about this is Scripture tells us over and over again about this type of stuff. Peter messes up. John and J- Remember J- John, James and John? They're like, somebody insults Jesus, and they're like, hey, you want us to call down fire and take care of them? You think Jesus looked at that and said, yeah, let's do that. That's a good response. No! But he was being, basically, the, the, the whole series was being criticized because this person showed weakness. Because this person, the, well, he, they were with Jesus. They shouldn't have stumbled. Really? What an attitude. And he came out strongly against that. And I agree to wholeheartedly. It's not about you falling. Listen, you are going to fall. You're going to mess up. I would, listen, I would love to just, 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 mm, just make you feel so good and be like, oh, well, you're saved. Well, you're perfect. Listen, we all know that's not true. We all are going to struggle. It's not about falling down. You are going to fall. It's about getting back up. Listen, hear my heart on this. I want to be a church. I want to be a family. That when family members stumble, we are not the church that basically says, how could you? I can't believe you messed up. We will not be a church that kills our wounded. You understand me? We will be a church that lovingly reaches down and says, come on, we can do this. Listen, I know you messed up. We all messed up. That's why Jesus came and he died. We can have grace and we can have forgiveness, but let's pick each other up and let's get going. Hear my heart. There are going to be times where you're going to need to pick me up. I'm not talking about these massive stuff, but just stuff that happens in our lives sometimes. We need that. I can't tell you how many times you all have come and without even probably knowing have reached down and picked me up. You've been encouraging. You've said kind things. You say, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you. Whatever it might be, we're going to stumble, but we've got to get back up. Standing and getting back up is a sign of perseverance. It's a sign that we'll keep going. It's a sign that no matter what we face, we will prevail. Look at Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, there's a battle coming. It's already here. We're fighting it. After the battle, you will still be standing firm. You still be standing firm. We need to be a people that understands that, you know what, there are going to be times where we stumble, but we got to get back up. I want to encourage you this morning, if you are in that place where you've, you've stumbled, listen, God loves you. God hasn't forgotten you. God has a plan for you. Just get back up. You say, well, I don't, I don't know how, just, just, let's just get back up. Just get back up and we'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out together. We're all on this journey. Don't, what we tend to do is, hear me, what we tend to do is we tend to get um, a bad situation. In Proverbs, it says one disaster is enough. And those disasters hit. And then what we end up doing is we sit down and we stay there. And that's not what God's called us to do. It's not 
what he's shown us to do. You see, Jesus dealt with hard things. Jesus lost people that he was close to. John the Baptist is killed and Jesus mourns for that. He hurts for that. I believe when, when his disciples didn't do the right things, he hurt for them. He didn't disown them. He didn't say, you can't follow me anymore. He did correct them. He did discipline them because that's a sign of love. But at the same time, he said, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Think about all the mistakes they made. And yet these men, these were the ones that scripture tells us literally turned the world upside down. You see, Jesus doesn't define you by your worst moment. Jesus says, let's get back up. Let's get back up. If the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close. You want to be tough? You can be. How do you do that? By following the example of Jesus. Look at Luke 21, 19, our last scripture. Luke 21, 19, this is what it says. Stand firm and you will win life. Stand firm, and you will win life. Hear me here. You are tough enough to stand. You are tough enough to stand. I believe that with everything in me. You go, but Aaron, you don't, you don't know about the situation. I know, I, I know. I, I may not know about all the situations. I know that there's things that we face that are so hard. And I'm not here to belittle that. I'm not here to say, oh, it's not a big deal. These are some big stuff. But I believe with everything in me that you're tough enough to stand. Hear my heart, okay? Understand what I'm saying here. This isn't going to get easier, folks. Okay? Living in this culture, living in this world, standing up. I mean, come on. I, I, we don't have to be that old to think about how much things that used to be wrong have now been celebrated. Not just right, but celebrated as right. It's time to stand up. And I'm not saying stand up and be a jerk. Jesus didn't stand up and was a jerk. But I'm saying it's time that we're willing to stand up, no matter the cost. Is that easy? No, it's not. Here's the thing. The only way you can do it is with Jesus' help. But that's what's great. If you have Jesus, you're tough enough. If you have him, you can stand for him. I believe that you can. I believe that there's some of you that have fallen that, that need to just get back up. It's okay. It's okay. You, you've listened to that lie of the enemy that's basically said, well, how could you? And, and you should have known better. And, and you just kind of sat down. Listen, those are lies from the pit of hell. Jesus loves you, he has a plan for you, and he wants you to get back up and continue on with him. But standing is a symbol of that faith that we have that says, you know what? No matter what happens, no matter what the king says, no matter what the situation is, no matter how hot the furnace gets, 
I'm going to stand for my Jesus. I'm going to stand for him. I am not going to allow the things of this world to have me sit down and be quiet. I'm going to stand up and stand out. So would you do me a favor? Let's all stand right now. And this is between you and God. It's not between me and you and God. It's between you and God. But I believe that there are some individuals here that it is time to stand up. And, and, and if this makes sense, stand up and be counted. It's time to be willing to say, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm not going to look at these things the same way anymore. When the music plays, I'm not going to bow down anymore. Instead, I'm going to stand. Not stand on my, with my own strength. Not stand on what I think is right or, 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 or my experiences. But I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to stand on God's promises. I'm going to stand on the fact that I know he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'm going to stand on the fact that he's preparing a place for me. I'm going to stand knowing that if I have Jesus, I'm tough enough to stand no matter what we face. Some of you are going through a very difficult time right now and you need to stand up for what is true, what is right, what is noble, what is good, what is biblical, and it's time. And you can do it. I know you can. I know you can. You see, when we're weak, he's strong. And he'll lift you up. And when he does, you'll be able to stand firm against the enemy and against the things of this world. So I'm going to pray with you and over you. And then we're going to sing a song. And, but if that's you, if that's you, I want you to begin that, that process of praying and asking God to help you stand. Maybe, maybe there's some of you that have fallen recently and you've kind of been like, do I really want to get back up? Do I really want to continue? I, I've messed up too much. Listen, you haven't. There is still grace. There is still forgiveness. Get back up. Continue on. Run the race. We want to encourage you. We'll reach down and we'll help and we'll put our arms around you and help you. And more than that, Jesus will. Don't lay there. Get back up. Stand up again and continue on. So wherever you're at, wherever you may be in that area, I pray that you would just begin to call out to God and ask him to help in that specific place. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you that you have called us to be a people that stand. You said in your word, we're different. You said in your word, we're a peculiar people. We're a people that stand up when all the world sits down. And God, that's who we need to be again. We need to be a people of boldness, a people of truth, a people of your word, a people that say, no, I will stand for righteousness. I will stand against that scheme of the enemy. I will stand against that thing that will kill, steal, and destroy. And that we stand firm. That we stand on your word and knowing that your promises are true. They are yes and amen. So Father, right now, I pray that you would just begin to speak those promises into us, knowing 
knowing, God, that we can do this with your help and knowing that you're here to help every single one of us. We can stand. We can be like you, Jesus. We can be as tough as nails. We love you. We thank you. At this time, John and the worship team are going to come lead us in a closing chorus. Let us, let us leave this place encouraged. No matter where we're at, for a hard moment, or it's a relatively easy time, or maybe we're struggling, we're fighting that battle, we're, we, we, we're, the enemy's saying, bow down, the enemy's saying, do what you know you shouldn't do, and we're just sitting there, we're just in that place, and we're just fighting. God, no matter where we are, we are tough enough to stand for you. Jesus, you stood for us so we can stand for you. You will equip us to do that. So right now, Father, that's what we ask, for that equipping to take place, no matter where we're at. We know that we can accomplish these things because we have you. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We stand on that promise. We stand on that fact that we are tough enough because of you. We love you. We thank you.
In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I hope you have a wonderful week. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks, all right? We'll see you soon.